Greetings and welcome. It's Holy Week at Hope. It's Holy Week everywhere. Uh, and we are so excited uh, to do this podcast today. Uh, Emily, we have some we have some return brilliant yes. expert panelists today. Yes, back with us. We have pastors Richard Webb and Nick Brannon. Hello. Hey. Hey, how's it going? Good. Greetings, Reverend. Gre- greetings, Reverend Doctor. <laughs> greetings, Minister Emily. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, let's let's roll. We uh, it, it is Holy Week. Um, tomorrow it's Monday Thursday services here at Hope. Noon five and seven. Good Friday services the next day. Noon five and seven. All the women are preaching on Good Friday, which makes sense since it was the women who stuck with Jesus mm-hmm. uh, to the end. Um, tomorrow it's first communion for a lot of students, a lot of kids yeah. in our church family, and then Easter. I, I cannot wait for our Easter services. We have eleven services here at Hope to make room for everybody and, and all of your invited guests. Uh, spread the word and invite people to come and see uh, this. And I'm so excited about it. We we have started to really drill down and kind of finalized a lot of details. And it, it's going to be epic. It's I, yeah. I don't use that word loosely. I mean, it, Easter is going to be awesome. And I'm talking about the story we get mm. to tell. I'm mm. talking about the power of that and the way it's going to be um, communicated. I, I couldn't be more excited. So yeah, yeah uh, spread the word, uh, let people know uh, this is it. This is the central story of human history mm-hmm. and I can't wait, but we have some questions that people have been asking. Emily, you say you're getting emails now. Yeah. We, we take questions on social media. You can also email us. So right. getting more of those, we'll weave some in today. Yep. So we've mm-hmm. summarized a lot of your questions and then we've also got some new ones that have just come in and we'll try to include those as we go. Keep them coming. Kelsey's here to take those on social media. Uh, and yeah, we're, we're going to dive in. So get your Bibles out, Luke 22, 23 and 24, and also a little bit from 1 Samuel 17 and uh, with a little help from Ted Lasso. Let's, <laughs> let's get wow. in. Wow. Just jump right in. Anybody got any questions? Oh, yeah. No, should have saw that coming. Okay. What does the story of David and Goliath in 1 Samuel 17 have to do with the New Testament readings this week from Luke 22 through 24? Nick? I'll, yeah, I'll jump in. The, um, the thing is that every Old Testament story actually points to this central story that we see in these chapters of Luke because it all centers on the cross. So from mm-hmm. the very beginning of Genesis to the very end of Revelation, it all points to Jesus and his cross, his death, his resurrection. And so uh, this very familiar story in First mm-hmm. Samuel 17, David and Goliath, that's a, there's a very easy connection there because we're seeing, uh, we're seeing David, uh, who is this shepherd boy facing... Goliath, who's this giant, and of course, uh, if you've been around church, you've heard the story, uh, the giant falls, and he falls not because David is strong enough, but because God is with him. Mm. And here we have Jesus, who's Emmanuel, God is with us, Hmm. and he shows up, and he's doing battle not with a giant person, he's doing battle with sin, with death, with uh, the evil one, with the devil. Uh, And so he goes up against them, and he doesn't have swords. In fact, he tells his disciples, hey, put your swords away. Yeah. Uh, we, we're, we're not doing it that way. Instead of swords, he has a cross. Mm-hmm. And so he goes to his cross and he dies there to conquer sin, death, and the devil. Mm-hmm. And so our giants are slain. And, mm-hmm. and that's the good news. Yeah. yeah. So well said. Uh, not a ton to add there. Just just Show, it just shows what a literary masterpiece scripture is, right. yeah. that it wasn't just hodgepodge together. It wasn't just some bunch of random stories that mm-hmm. sort of don't even hold together at all. Yeah. Like you said so well, Pastor Nick, They just everything points to this story mm-hmm. of right. Jesus' death and resurrection. 
including this classic David and Goliath story. It, j- just to color in a few more of the details on the same point that you're making. So here's Jesus on trial against Pilate. He's on trial against the, the temple priests. Right. He's on trial against King Herod. Uh, he's, he's up against the powers of this world, the giants, like the Goliaths of, of his world. And then there's the crowd. There's the crowd that underestimates him. It mm. says, oh, he's in trouble now. Mm. You know, there's no way David can slay this giant Goliath. There's no way this, this rabbi from Nazareth can take on Rome. I mean, th- there's no way he can take, even though he's done these miracles, even though he's, he's great, still, there, there's just no way. So the Bible's full of stories that, that remind us the humble get exalted, the exalted get humbled, yeah. the giants fall. We all face giants. Mm-hmm. And so there's the application, too. Uh, whatever the giants are that, that we're facing in our day-to-day lives, with God on our side, the God who's with us, mm-hmm. and that's Jesus um, and his spirit who's with us now, the, the giants don't have a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like what you said about uh, the crowd, and I think of, of Israel looking out at the giants, mm-hmm. and here uh, in Luke, we see Israel looking at the giant of Rome, and, yeah. and they feel defeated too, yeah. that they're in this standoff, they're stuck. Uh, and even one of the criminals on the cross, mm. uh, who is is moments away from from his own death, he's mocking Jesus along with the crowd too. Mm. Yeah, because uh, no one believed that he could even do it, and even his disciples didn't believe after he was dead. Yeah, oh. until of course what we'll celebrate on on Sunday. Amen. And we didn't even mention the soldiers who show up in both stories. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. the soldiers with Goliath, the army that you can't defeat, the Philistines. There's the soldiers at the cross who think that mocking Jesus is the right thing to do. Right. I mean, what, what chance does this guy have? He's got nails through his hands and feet. Mm-hmm. He's, he's mm-hmm. being executed. He's being crucified. What, what chance does a little shepherd boy have? With his little, what's, this, what's this little slingshot thing he's got? Mm-hmm. Um, look closer. Oh, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the power of God is bigger than any force in this world. You know, this this connection from Old Testament to the cross, uh, and for any of you that have kids that you'd read the Bible mm-hmm. to, it, I, I love this kid's Bible. It's a, the Jesus Storybook Bible. Yeah. And every single story, it points to the cross. And so if you're listening to this, you're like, how would I ever be able to do this reading it on my own? Uh, it might feel silly to read a children's Bible, or if you have kids, just read it to your kids because mm-hmm. it'll bless you and your kids. Yes. But we carry that at Cafe Hope. Uh, yeah. And so buy it and proceeds go to missions and uh, or get it wherever you get get books but that's a, a great bible for kids cool. that's great as a trained seminary graduate theologian reading those bible stories to our kids and now to our grandkids every single time i, I get some insight mm-hmm. right like, like there's something there there's there oh i mean scripture goes as deep as you want to go right it goes deeper than you want to go sometimes <laughs> all the time but it also it's a simple beautiful story mm-hmm. that that's even good. a child can understand yeah. that's good Okay, do ancient Holy Week stories from the closing chapters of Luke's gospel have any relevance for our modern and enlightened world? I could guess what you're going to say, but Richard, tell us. Okay. <laughs> I hope you say yes. The, the summary is yes. Um, but I think this is fascinating how this just builds right on David and Goliath because our culture values Goliath. We build Goliath institutions. Ooh. We try to turn ourselves into Goliaths. Uh, bigger is better. Bigger mm-hmm. is better. I mean, we even do it with workouts. We go beyond healthy to Goliath. Yeah. You know, everything is, 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 is all about power because if we have power, then we're not as afraid as much, mm-hmm. which is exactly at play way back there with the David and Goliath. And so, um, you know, and that means we, we all, it means we are our own worst Goliath. 
And so here we get, you know, and I love this starting at Palm Sunday, where Jesus and the crowd invoke every possible symbol of power. But it's almost like a joke in the sense that it ain't going to turn out the way you think, that power is going to be something other than what everybody thinks. And then everything's going south. I mean, you, you, you think of the betrayal um, and, and, and at the, uh, the Lord's Supper, Jesus keeps talking about his death, which turns the whole party into a really awkward situation. Um, you know, and, and, and then he is betrayed, and, and then you, you just went through, you know, he's in front of all these powers that just, you know, their whole aim is to cut him down to size, or Herod, you know, meets with him for his amusement, so he regards Jesus as a plaything. You know, so how, you know, and so he becomes this, this zero, but this zero turns out to change the whole world. Mm. And so um, the word holy means to be set apart for God's purposes. And I think wisely that throughout history, the church has set apart this week where we meditate on what really is power. Mm. And, 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 you know, and does it matter that someone's got you back? And if so, who? I was thinking again about the Apostle Paul when he's referring to Goliath. He says, you know, that, um, you know, that we are more than conquerors. And the way I interpret that is we don't just survive our challenges, we get to thrive in them. Mm. And that's the basic principle of the death and resurrection of Jesus is, you know, and, and this is the coolest thing. I'll leave with this because this is so nerdy. If you were to start doing a close word study and a close literature study of the, uh, the trial and, and, and then the ultimate crucifixion of Jesus, it's worded like a coronation of a king. Mm-hmm. And then when he's on the cross, he holds court. Mm-hmm. And of course, that would be about a six-hour podcast. Mm-hmm. But it's sort of like the question all the way through is, is what's really power? Mm-hmm. And, and, and who's really in charge? Mm-hmm. And that's great. The, the, the power plays, if you will, mm-hmm. that, that are going mm-hmm. on here add to the drama. And yeah. Luke, all the Gospels mm-hmm. really emphasize this story. Nick, you said it is the central story of Scripture. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the central story of human history. Yeah. Very true. Everything points to this before and after it. But there's, a, there's something about Luke. Yeah. It's, it's a literary masterpiece. And we're mm-hmm. drawn in. Mm-hmm. I, I just implore people, please don't just listen to the podcast and sermons. Read it. Mm-hmm. It's three chapters that we're covering on this podcast today, 22, 23, and 24. Actually, we're going to save 24 for Easter weekend. So it's two chapters. Read those three chapters. Yeah, yeah. Re- read them this week. Read them over and over again. Mm-hmm, read them to mm-hmm. your kids. Read them to each other. Yeah, read them out yeah, loud. Yeah. Uh, put them on tape. Listen to them. Mm-hmm. Soak it up. Because you're going to, the way Luke writes it, it is the ultimate tragedy. Mm-hmm. It, it, it puts Shakespeare into the amateur category. Oh. I mean, it's just, there's so many levels to it. There's so many places where we can relate and be drawn in. Maybe you feel like Peter, uh, where it's like, well, I've got my faith, I'm with you, and, and, and overconfidently, I'll never turn my back on Jesus. Right. And then the right. temptation comes, and maybe mm-hmm. we do. Maybe it's even worse, it's Judas. Maybe, it's, may, maybe you, you feel the tragedy of Jesus' mother or, or the women who stand by Jesus all the way to the end. Then Luke throws in these... Wonderful, beautiful little mm-hmm. things like Simon of Cyrene. Yeah. He says mm-hmm. in, in Luke twenty three twenty six, it says, Simon was coming in from the countryside and just happened mm-hmm. as God would have it. Just yeah. happened by, you know, mm-hmm. coincidental mm-hmm. is almost the Greek word there. Do they just, have quotation marks in there. Just r- happened. Right, just okay. happened to be coming into Jerusalem for the Passover, like a lot of Jews would. And the soldiers made him carry the cross. So suddenly he's in the story. Now, talk about a front row seat. Right. I mean, you're there. You're walking with Jesus to his death, which is not just his death. 
It's the death of our sin. It's, it's mm-hmm. the death of our mm-hmm. death. It's the death of, 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 of the forces of evil. The, the, ultimately, it's the kingdom of God coming for us. For, I mean, there's so much going on here that's so strong. And really what it boils down to is, and, and this just goes back to our capstone theology classes that we had in seminary, we have a problem in this world, and the problem is sin. And I know that sounds overstated, but it isn't. Every problem in this world, if you dig down to the root, it's sin, yeah. Yeah. violence, war, abuse, um, uh, you know, a- a- a broken families, bro- a- anything that falls apart in mm-hmm. your life, uh, it, it, it's all sin. And, and if, we, if we drill down, we're going to see, oh, we really have one problem. That, that rears its ugly head in mm-hmm. all sorts of different ways, mm-hmm. a multitude of different right. ways. So we need a savior mm-hmm. because if, okay, so we say sin's the problem, we'll just, we'll just be better. Right. We'll just try yeah. harder. We'll just be mm-hmm. more moral. We'll just, just scold people. Just tell them to be better. And I guess I, I'm fond of asking at that point, well, how's that going for you? How's that going mm-hmm. for us? How's that going for our world? Just improving uh, and yeah. continually getting better. Uh, we need a savior. Yeah. We're drowning and we need a lifeguard. We, and, and this story forces us to admit that. It forces us to look at the cross mm-hmm. and say, ah, he's there for me. Yeah. Instead of getting lost in a, in, a, in a ridiculous debate about who did it, well, we're all a part of that story. I think that's a big, a big deal what you just said. Sometimes I think, because the, the question had to do with, hey, is there relevance for a modern world for, you know, we're, we're enlightened. Uh, and so, you know, we... We want to think about things logically, and uh, I mean, we're talking mm-hmm. about death and resurrection. Yeah. I mean, yeah. th- that's miraculous. Yeah. And uh, the disciples, mm-hmm. they doubted. Like yeah. they, they had doubts too. Yeah. Yeah. And even when people told them, hey, uh, the women told them, hey, Jesus is alive, they were like, eh, I don't know. I don't know. And so mm-hmm. if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, uh, I don't know mm-hmm. about that, right. I want you to know you're in good company yeah. uh, and that you're not the only person that would have doubts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I've never met a person. I've met a lot of people that doubted and then followed Jesus. I've never met, uh, maybe that's overstated, the majority of people that I meet that they come to faith in Jesus, it's not because they had all of their questions answered, though they had them. Usually, it's because they encountered God mm-hmm. in some way, shape, mm-hmm. or form. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, for the disciples, that was actually Jesus, like they uh. saw him. But for us, that's the Holy Spirit. And so, my encouragement would be, come Good. to Easter. Yeah. Just come, yeah. come to Easter yeah. and yeah. open your heart. Yeah. Uh, because it, as we go through Holy Week, we are like Simon, mm-hmm. stepping into the story. And yeah. we're walking with Jesus, uh, mm-hmm. and we're walking with the disciples, and we're experiencing mm-hmm. it for ourselves. And so, yeah. come to Easter and celebrate yeah. the mm-hmm. resurrection of Jesus, yeah. because God's Spirit is there. And mm-hmm. so, when you come yeah. and you mm-hmm. experience the Spirit of God, that's the kind of stuff that you, our hearts yeah. long for yeah. when our minds can't wrap yeah. our mind around it. Sure. You've got this word here, enlightened, and, and you said something that just uh, triggered something. Um, in the big cornerstone of the Enlightenment is progress, bigger and better, every way and every day. And that implies that we are the smartest people in the universe, you know. And, and yet, you know, I want, to, I want to go back to the question, how's that working for us? I mean, how much progress? I mean, the 20th century was the bloodiest century in human history. I, I, you know, I, so I got my, you know, I got my iPhone. Yeah. Well, yeah, now we find out that's an addictor and it produces anxiety and anger. I mean, so 
we might want to rethink how we think about stuff and are we that enlightened in the first place? Well, and listen to our world these days. It, it, mm-hmm. it's so many people are talking about what is AI going to cancel? How mm-hmm. many jobs yeah. is right. it going to take over? Right. What, what, how is it going to change the way we live? And it's probably a really honest and important conversation yeah. to have. It's going to change a lot, I'm sure. Just like uh, the digital revolution has changed mm-hmm. a lot over the last couple of decades. It changes the way we live, changes the way we communicate, changes the way we function, changes the way we relate to mm-hmm. one another. Yeah. I mean, it, th- these are massive changes. And we can call them progress and advancements. And y- there's a dark side to it. There's a positive mm-hmm. side to it, too, of mm-hmm. course. But here's the thing. That's, that's why the question is phrased the way it is in you know, kind of a compilation of the questions we're hearing this week from Hope Folks. Does a modern and enlightened world still need Holy Week? <laughs> it doesn't matter how far AI takes us. It's, it doesn't cancel the cross. Yeah. Right. We're right. still going to need a savior. We're still going to need the champion who comes to fight mm-hmm. because I can't defeat sin. Yeah. Honestly, nobody can yeah. except for the one who knew no sin. This is why we need Holy Week. Yeah. We, we need yeah. it maybe now more than ever yeah. um, because the further our world goes, the more tempting it's going to be for us to think we don't need this, yep. this old these old stories Mm -hmm. oh but it's more relevant than ever because the further we go Mm -hmm. the more we're going to need the one who conquers sin which which leads to the the victory over death and victory Mm -hmm. over satan it's Mm -hmm. not just a story that that is like okay now we've signed the bottom line on some afterlife insurance policy right this is the central story of humanity this is the central story that makes us who we are meant to be. Yeah. And uh, when when we go through life saying, well, I'll just tell the world and I'll tell God who I am, what I'm here for, and I'll just, I'll just make all that up. It just doesn't seem to go well historically for us mm-hmm. when we do. But what seems to go really well is when we follow God's lead for our life. And so it's discovering more than just eternal life. Yeah. Uh, and that's no small thing, by the way. Eternal life, that's a really big deal. Where else are you going to get that? <laughs> I can't Re- think of one place. Relevant? Yeah. Uh, that, that's pretty relevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a reason why people want security. They want mm-hmm. peace because we have a world that's broken, but yeah. we also have a hope. And so the fact that we have that, oh, man, I don't know why anyone would say, you know what, I'll just stay home. Sure. It's Easter. You really don't want to miss this party. You don't want to miss that one. (laughs) Okay. Talking about Judas, we have a few things here. What do we really know about Judas? What might have motivated him to betray Jesus? And then we had a Bible study group uh, submit a question about Luke 22, verse 3. Uh, Luke says, Satan entered Judas. How can that be? And if that happened to him, could that happen to any of us who have Jesus as our Savior? Yeah. Uh, I'll start there. Yeah. yeah, this is a this is a troubling verse for people because we don't want to hear stories about Satan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very uncomfortable. Yeah, and probably our minds wander to the overly sensationalized movies and the Hollywood versions of you know the Omens movies and uh, you know Poltergeist and whatever else. Uh, let's just read what's there, and, and let's let's put this in the context of of a spiritual reality that. We don't always see, but is as real as two plus two equaling four. There's a battle going on for every single one of us between God and 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 the devil, between good and evil. There is there and everything's at stake here. So as we're diving into the key story, mm-hmm. not just of our faith, but in all of human history, of and a story that ultimately is going to bring life, new and eternal. 
Uh, it's going to bring hope. It's going to bring clarity. It's going to bring purpose. It's going to bring meaning. It's going to it's going to set things straight. It's going to bring justice. It's going to tip the world right side up. It's going to bring the kingdom of God. Of course, Satan's going to show up. It's his job. He he doesn't want that to happen, right? He doesn't want hope. He doesn't want life. He doesn't want joy. He doesn't want peace for any of us. He's he's the enemy of all those things, and he's the deceiver. So he comes, and he sees an opportunity. The word kairos shows up a lot in Luke's gospel. Both and kairos means opportune time. It's the name of our college ministry, uh, you know, that we have here at Hope uh, and. It's, it's a holy word. It, it is a word that talks about God gives us these opportune times. Um, not, you know, there's time that's Kairos time. That's just TikTok on the clock. And you say, well, what time is it right now? It's a few minutes afternoon, 20 minutes afternoon. Uh, but Kairos time means, why did God give you this minute? What, what's in this opportunity? And the devil is coming the other way and going, let me use this minute for my purposes. Mm-hmm. There's a battle going on for Judas. Just like there's a battle going on for me, and there's a battle going on for all of us. We see good people fall all the time. We, we see religious leaders who right. start out really yeah. good with good intentions fall. Mm-hmm. None of us should ever get overconfident to the point where we think we're no longer susceptible to the, to the ways of the devil, to the temptations that come. The only one who resisted every temptation is the one who goes to the cross, the, our Savior. We're not going to be able to do that. So there's a battle going on, and thank God that i mean it's it's not just oh this is a small victory along the way you know jesus did another miracle he, he he was raised from the dead this is the ultimate final uh you know battle royale this mm-hmm. this is where everything clashes and it all comes together and so ultimately read on <laughs> you know come on sunday again invitation to easter cuz we'll tell you how the story ends and we'll do it in a way that'll help you apply it to your daily life um, it's okay that the devil's showing up here. He's not going to win. Mm-hmm. Oh. It, it, when I think about it, and, and I know we, we kind of looked a little bit at, at the Greek and what this looks like, um, there is also a case of, of when we... Um, the, the devil can be very subtle and starts feeding our ego, feeding our self-justifications, feeding our self-deceptions, and often he winds up controlling us in a way we don't even notice he showed up. And, you know, it's quite possible Judas thought he was making his own decisions, but he could have been so captured by internal compromise and anxiety and, and all the other things that he would, you know, control, you name it, that the devil didn't have to even do much work, just maybe a little push here and there. And, and the next thing you know, um, you know, there's some speculation Judas might have actually been trying to preserve Jesus' life and get the revolution going. Judas was a zealot, a violent revolutionary. And Jesus is having all this talk about death, so his motivation could have been to, to force Jesus' hand. And again, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because he's not trusting Jesus with Jesus. Right. He didn't stick with Christ. If you stick with Christ, you win. Yeah. Judas is often portrayed as a sympathetic character in you know, Jesus Christ Superstar comes to mind or, or other Jesus movies. He's, oh, poor Judas. He, he just got pulled, you know, and... It, to some degree, we're all complicated and okay, but Judas is a thief. John's gospel makes that clear. He's the treasurer for the disciples, so he's in charge of the funds. He holds the purse. And John points out in John chapter 12, he stole from the funds whenever he just wanted a little extra for himself. That's his heart. Now, that's a temptation, again, of the enemy, of the devil, who, who... who uses the kairos, the opportune time for evil, and says, 
I see that Judas loves his money, and how many stories in Luke's gospel does Jesus talk about mammon and money, and what what are you really living for? Why does Jesus do that? Because he doesn't want the devil to have a Kairos time with you. He doesn't want... He wants the Kairos times for us to be for good and, and for, for the mission that Christ has given to us, not for selfish gain, not, not for our own desires. The line between good and evil is thinner than we want it to be sometimes in terms of how close we are to both, how easy it is to jump from one side of the fence to the other. And the devil creates gates on that fence. As soon as he sees an opportunity, like he, he sees my weakness, your weakness, our mm-hmm. listeners' weaknesses, he's like, oh, that's where I'm going to build the gate. Mm-hmm. And so with Judas here in Luke 22, 3, he's like, oh, Judas is starting to wonder. And maybe it's his greed. Maybe it's, maybe it's his pride. Maybe it's something else. But whatever, the devil builds a gate for him and says, hey, let me get you together with these temple priests who are plotting Jesus' death, and, and I'm going to accelerate my purposes. I'm going to use this Kairos time for evil when God intends it for good. But again, I, I, we don't say this to freak people out. Yeah, You stick with Jesus, you have nothing to fear. The devil has no... Ch- I mean, read the story. The yeah. devil doesn't win. I, I also think there's a lot of people out there that they have a hard time with Christianity, they have a hard time with faith, because some religious leader somewhere along the way fell. fell. Uh, and so whether that was because of abuse or whether that was because of um, uh, mismanagement of money uh, or some other wrong or sin that a religious leader um, uh, committed, uh, that's not something that Jesus is unfamiliar to. And so, you know, for any listeners that have experienced anything like that, I'm sorry. That's that right. is the the worst because it, it betrays this trust that that people have. And yet, Ju- Judas is human, and every religious leader that we know, we're human. And like you said, Pastor Mike, we are all susceptible. And so, in one sense, uh, like I think every character that we read in the Bible, we're supposed to to as we read them to say, okay where am I in this story? And, and in this story of Judas, like, wh- where, where am I? And, and, you know, as a pastor, it could be easy to just be like, okay, Judas, he's uh, part of the disciples. They're going out and doing ministry. Okay, I don't be like Judas. Got it. Uh, I'll do my best. <laughs> Check. Right? Check. Don't sell Jesus out. Not, try not idea. to sell Jesus out. But also uh, to be aware that yeah, we, we do have an enemy that tempts us. We do. We do have an enemy that, that, that it, it's not like that every, everybody's going to have some demonic experience or something like that, but we do have an enemy that tempts us. And when you experience someone else going through some sort of fall to temptation, uh, I, I think that the best thing that you can do is remember that you're not depending on them to never sin. You're depending on Jesus who is sinless. Yeah. You're depending on your faith isn't in some religious leader that was perfect because there isn't one except for Jesus. And so I just encourage Good. you, uh, if you've experienced something like that, maybe uh, look to Jesus uh, and his life and his, because people would have felt betrayed Definitely. if they knew uh, Judas's story at the time. I mean, imagine Peter when they discover, oh, Judas, yep. he, he's upset. So, Look to Jesus, because that's where the power is. You said that before, Richard. And mm-hmm. the, the darkness in this story, that doesn't come just randomly. Right. There, there's dark, an innocent man is being crucified. Yeah. And to add to the drama, the crowds who hailed him as king on Sunday, are, some of them are there on Friday shouting, crucify him. Right. Uh, and, and not only that. But his own disciples, the people closest to him, either betray, deny, and abandon, other than John and the women, 
Wow, that's dark. Yeah. I mean, that's what I meant earlier. Is it doesn't get much more tragic than this story. So you look straight into the darkness of this story. And here comes the good and the good Friday, right? Here, right. here comes the good news. You look straight into the darkness of this story. And, you know, the darker it is, the brighter the light shines. And so here comes a very real hope in the midst of our really very real darkness and the battles that we have to face and the, and the disappointments, the frustrations that we have to face day after day after day. That's real. But so is the light. Look straight Amen. into that darkness in the story and, and watch the light break out. Yeah. That's why this story matters so much. Mm. Another write-in says, did Satan have the knowledge that Jesus was really going to die and rise from the dead? What do you think? If he read his scripture, he would have had a pretty good idea. I, I don't know. Scripture is silent on whether Satan has a supernatural view into the future. But again, um, a, a good reading of the Old Testament, uh, you know, and again, it strikes me Satan is brilliant. That mm-hmm. I think we can say. So he, if he's reading the Old Testament and he's looking at Jesus, he's probably putting the pieces together. Although he's foolish enough to believe yeah, he can keep right. Jesus from rising he's, from the he, dead. He's right. also foolish enough to believe he can win this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> sure. and, and I love the, the, the actual translation of foolish in the Old Testament. It's just stupid. Yeah. And mm-hmm. In other words, you, know, you, you just look at Satan's final actions, you're like, dude, right. you just played right into God's hand. Yeah. I'm sorry. He didn't play into your hand. Sure. Yeah, the, the Kairos turns yeah, pretty quickly from evil to good. That's good. Okay, what stands out for you this time around uh, the familiar Last Supper story in Luke 22? Nick? Yeah, the the Last Supper story, uh, you know, a lot of people probably think of that painting. Who who did, who did the painting? We're like, we're all on the same side of the table. Uh, da Vinci. Da, that was yeah. Da Vinci, yeah. right? So Da Vinci's painting, you know, I don't, we don't have a word on whether they were on the same side of the table. We don't know. Uh, they <laughs> were at a table. It's like the Golden Girls. <laughs> or any it's, sitcom. Yes. They, all, they, they all sit on the same side yes. of the table. The gold- yeah, that's a good... It's what? just the setting for a, any kind of a camera shot. What's like, the Golden Girls? Well, it's like... Oh, Nick. Oh, no, really? For real. Oh, dear. Oh, well, Nick. that's a whole other podcast for another day. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Move on. You're, it's good to have young pastors. <laughs> it really is. But let me just add People this. People younger than me that are on the set right. were like, what's wrong with you? But, but <laughs> even on our little podcast, Humble Basement Studio yeah. set here, we have nobody sitting on this side of the table. That's true. And, and that's because it doesn't, it, yeah, you can't paint that right. The, I think the thing that stood out for me personally uh, in, in that story, though, I'll, I'll get to the Bible, the things I do know. Okay. Uh, so Jesus, he's saying, um, there's a line, and he, it, this might be in, I didn't check if this was in any of the other gospels, uh, but he said, oh, where, where did it go? Uh, he said that um, I'm not going to eat or drink right. any of this Passover meal. Chapter 22, until, verse 18. Until uh, the meaning of the meal is fulfilled mm-hmm. in the kingdom of God. And I was like, oh, man, that's the meaning of Passover. And uh, that struck me because the, the Passover is the saving event of the Jews. Okay. So you think back to the Exodus where uh, they're, they're saved from Pharaoh and they go through the Red Sea and, and this save, the meaning of Passover it comes to reality in the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God being where God's in charge, uh, where the King Jesus sits on the throne. You'd said earlier, uh, this is like a coronation as you, as you read the language. Uh, and so that was a, uh, just a, a moment for me that I was like, Oh man, I, sometimes you read a story you've, you've heard many, many times. And then a line just kind of pops out at you mm-hmm. and you're just like, Oh, you are doing so much here. 
that means so much, not just in the grand scope of the world, but in my life. You made Passover for me. And you, you shared that meal and then you weren't going to share it again until you suffered so that I could have Passover, not the meal in reality. I could be saved. It's a brilliant insight, and it's a reminder of how fresh God's Word hits us. Right. Because so, every time we read these familiar stories, something new hits us. What hit you, Richard, as you were reading? I mean, it, you study this one a lot, I know, the, the, mm-hmm. the whole the Lord's Supper. What, as you're reading it in Luke 22, as part of our daily readings this week, what, what pops off the page for you? Um, I mean, some, it was technical, the two cups rather than one. Yeah, I was wondering if someone was going to go there. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but I think roughly the same thing that hit Nick is there's this real sense of nearness. And, and I started pondering, okay, until the kingdom of God is fulfilled, until, until this Passover reaches its final and, 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 and complete climax. And so, I mean, I, I'm actually drawn from the Passover to Barabbas. This crazy parallel, his name is Barabbas, son of the father. Nice. And he is the terrorist they claim Jesus is. Yes. They'd rather take him than the guy who's named, you know, Yahweh saves. Adds to the tragedy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And, and, it's, and so the meaning of the Passover is Holy Week. Mm-hmm. But it isn't f- completely fulfilled until Easter. Mm-hmm. So come and go see its fulfillment as we party. Yeah. There's, there's this other add-on that Luke does mm-hmm. at the end of the Last Supper story starting in about uh, verse 24. Because the, the reaction at the table, while they're still sitting there, is the disciples start arguing mm-hmm. over who's the greatest. Oh, right. So here right. comes that theme of humility again that mm-hmm. Luke has been tracing for us all along. Jesus has been renouncing uh, living a life filled with worldly power quests and pride mm-hmm. ever since the temptation. So we'll bring the devil back into this conversation. Luke chapter 4, the devil comes and tempts Jesus to do what? to ascend to worldly power, to, mm-hmm. to achieve great things in the world, to make your life all about that, thinking that's going to be enough. And the rest of Jesus' life, in, it, by word and deed, is him renouncing that and saying, actually, let me show you a better way, uh, which is a way of service. And so then he tells this story, who's more important at the table mm-hmm. that we're sitting at mm-hmm. right now? Yeah. The people who are sitting at my right and left, the honored guests in the Da Vinci portrait, you know, with the with all the secret codes or something that Da Vinci couldn't have known because it, it was 15, 16 centuries later, but never mind that, 14. Uh, but the point being, Jesus is saying, who's the greatest at this table? And he's, he even kind of does a play on words. He's like, well, of course, it's the one who's sitting in the places of honor. That's what the world says. Basically, mm-hmm. To paraphrase, he says, but not here. I just love how blunt that, but, mm-hmm. but not at this table, not, at, not in the kingdom of heaven, which is the only kingdom that lasts, not, not, not in God's kingdom. That's not the way it's going to be. In that kingdom, in the one you better start living for now, Jesus is still teaching while he's about to be betrayed. It's a, it's a kingdom where humility wins, it, where the people who serve the most are the greatest instead of the other way around, tipping the world right side up. Oh, wow. yeah. And Jesus was on a cross mm-hmm. to serve. He was on a cross because of love. He was on, he was yeah. on a cross because uh, not just to show that because he literally is the greatest. Yeah. He literally he could just uh, he could just destroy anybody in his way. Yeah. He could shoot fireballs out of his eyeballs. I don't know. Like <laughs> he could do whatever he wanted to do. He's a superhero, right? Yeah. No, no, for real. Like yeah. he, he's God. Yeah. And what he wanted to do was to love so big that it defeated death. Yeah. And 
I don't, I don't know another type of God worth following that has the ability to do that and chooses love. And if we follow Jesus, we too need to set down our power yeah. and use it for the benefit yeah. of others. I think, I think John's gospel is beautifully written too. And of course, John in this story talks about the foot washing. It's almost like Luke is saying, I don't, I, he knows that happened. Mm-hmm. He's a witness. Don't need to include it. I'm just going to, I'm going to make the same point about humility and service and mm-hmm. that Jesus says, I'm the one, I mean, who's serving this meal? Jesus mm-hmm. doesn't show up and go, Hey, everybody, Make sure you bring me... Now, he gets it set up ahead of time. He works it out with people. But at the actual meal himself, he's the one serving. He's the one passing it out. And then at the end, he says, I'm the one among you who's here to serve. Mm -hmm. Go and do the same. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's the idea. Yeah. You know, I'm constantly drawn back to Genesis 2 for some reason these days, because human beings were created in God's image to rule and and to bring things under God's rule. Then how? And then the three words, to serve... Uh, to watch over and care for, which is all one word in Hebrew. And the, and the third is to help. The mm. happiest people at hope are the ones who serve. That's right. Yeah. And, and, and so to be in the image of God is, I mean, Jesus is the image of God. Uh, he, he's, you know, aside from being God himself, he's also the first real human. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're looking at how we are supposed to be created in the first place. And, you know, and then the, the irony, and this is the third time they argue about who's the greatest, I think that the disciples argue about who's the greatest when they don't want to deal with what they're dealing with. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay. What does Peter's denial have to do with us, Richard? Oh, well, where do we start? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when I think about it, anytime I act contrary to to the values I claim I hold as a Jesus follower, I am denying Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so he is us. Um, I also think that his bravado, I mean, it's just uncomfortably close to my own personality. <laughs> and, you know, I'm like, oh, dang, yeah, down you went. What I think is fascinating is the follow-up um, that Jesus' response to a guy who denies is, is to forgive him, and it takes him three times for Peter to get it through his thick head. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's fascinating, though, I, sometimes we stand him alone as, as the culprit, is in a curious way, there's a little more integrity in Peter because the other disciples just run. Mm-hmm. Um, because he, Peter at least gives it a whirl, but he gives it a whirl on his own strength. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's the bravado thing is, I, I alone will defend you, Jesus. And, well, he, he crashes down in flames, mm-hmm. you know, to the point where people of incredibly low stature who are nobodies send Peter cringing in fear. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you think about that, all of us, maybe the modern psychological word for this is getting triggered. Every one of us can think we have our stuff together, and then something happens, we get a feeling, a memory occurs, or somebody says something, and we're a mess. Mm. And so there's this fragility that God knows all about. You know, he says we knows we are dust, he has kindness for us, but sometimes we forget that. We do, and that's the problem of sin again. And yet here comes our Savior, because Luke has a sequel to this gospel. We're, We're... Luke's going to leave us wondering where Peter's, how it's going. I mean, there's not a ton. There's a little bit in the resurrection stories, but that's about it. It's it's in Luke part two, which is the book of Acts, which we'll be getting to um, Mm -hmm. shortly uh, as we read through the whole Holy Bible together as a church, that Peter's going to not only be restored... But he's called the lead. Yeah. I mean, he he's 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 the number one leader at the yeah. beginning of Acts, yeah. and he's the one who's clarifying everything for everybody. Mm-hmm. He's sometimes I think we have to go through those storms of of being humbled, mm-hmm. of of repenting, of turning around, 
I've heard it said, you know, the difference between Peter and Judas in this story is Peter repents. You know, P- right. Peter comes back, Judas mm-hmm. doesn't. And and that's the, you know, that's kind of sets up the rest of their past. There is no Judas in the book of Acts. Yeah. There is Peter, and that's the power of repentance mm-hmm. and the power of God to to restore and and to bring right. Peter's name means the rock, but actually in this part of the story, in Luke's gospel, he's jello. I mean, he, there, there, there's nothing <laughs> yeah. rock about Peter yeah. at this point. But isn't that endearing, mm-hmm. as Peter That's often us. is for us? Because there we are again, like like you said, Richard yeah. and and Nick, we see too, of course, that there is no, there's, and it plays right off of the part right before that where Jesus is teaching about humility. Yeah. Peter's pride gets him in trouble. Yeah. I'll never deny you. There's right. no way mm-hmm. you've got the wrong guy. It could never be me. And when religious people like me, like all of us around this table, like anybody listening who calls themselves religious, we can give it, this, the devil's going to make a gate for us yep. mm-hmm. from good to even say, hey, walk through this gate where you think you don't need the Savior anymore, mm-hmm. where you don't need the cross anymore, where you've now graduated from sin, because you haven't. <laughs> and, and I know that, and I see that. So come on, I'll, I'll build you a gate. Come yeah, on through yeah. here in your overconfidence, and like Peter... I'm going to show you the fall, but the good news is this is not the this is not the end of the story. To quote Paul Harvey, there, there's more, you know. And now, page two, you know, for the rest of the story, Peter's restored. It really ends well for Which him. Which is good for news for us because uh, it is. all of us, all of us get lost, all of us get uh, triggered, and and I I think that's actually a really I don't know what word you use. It was like monopsychological. I don't even know what it meant, but I knew what you said. <laughs> Uh, about being triggered. But like when we're triggered, we are scared. Mm-hmm. And there's a wound there and Jesus yeah. comes to heal our wounds. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. when Jesus heals our wounds yeah. uh, and Jesus uh, addresses those issues in our life, it changes the way that we relate to him, the way that we relate to other people. And Peter had some healing yet to do. And yeah. and so he, as he was seeking to, you know, I'm going to do this for Jesus. I'm going to be there for Jesus. He ends up falling but it's really good news for us because even in our woundedness, Jesus has things that we can do in the yeah. kingdom of God, big things that we can do in the kingdom of God. Isn't it interesting that maybe the only thing that can heal us from those places where all of us do get triggered or hurt uh, is the God who's big enough to do it instead right. of looking for justice in an, in an unjust world, which is probably not going to satisfy. Right. Again, Holy Week is so relevant. It hits yeah. us right where we live. Yeah. We need to move. Yep. Why didn't Jesus say more when he was put on trial and questioned by Herod and Pilate, Mike? Part of it was it's time to go. I mean, it, it's mm-hmm. not time to to be found innocent. Yeah. It, it's time to go ahead and go to the cross and save the world. Jesus sees that. He knows that. He went through the the story at the Mount of Olives. That's what Luke calls it. It's Garden of Gethsemane, same place. Um, and and he pushes through that last temptation. You know, which is. Could I go another way? Could we skip the cross? Is, is, is there another pathway here? And, and he pushes through that, not my will, your will, be done, God. Uh, and so then Jesus is fully in. I mean, he was always fully in, but, but he goes through that last temptation. And it's not time to, to put Pilate in his place. It's not time to put Herod in, Herod in his place or the temple priests in their place. It's time, to, it's time for Jesus to um, fulfill his mission. Yeah, it's it's time to, for him to complete the program. Uh, there's also this ancient proverb uh, that says, "Even the powerful will wait on the wise man in his silence." And so Jesus' silence is a real power play. I mean, it's a move. It's like, okay, I know you're the governor, mm. you know, and, mm-hmm. it, it, who has the power of the world, Rome, the whole empire. Before I'm on trial before you, I'm really not that impressed, mm-hmm. uh, and, and so I don't mm-hmm. feel the need 
to defend myself in front of you because I see a kingdom that's way bigger than any worldly kingdom ever could be. And you get a glimpse of that in John's version of the story, right? And and Luke, there's there's like three words. Uh, so you've said it, or is that three words? How many words? However many words that is. And basically, it's the same short conversation in John where uh, he gets asked a few questions, and Jesus is just not impressed. Right. You've said it. That's all I got to say. He's you, not if you got a red letter Bible in Luke twenty three. Jesus doesn't, there's not a lot of red uh, Mm -hmm. in this part. So one more. Yeah. Last one. Why did Jesus have to die? Couldn't God have found an easier and less violent way to save us? Now that's the question. That is the question. Mm -hmm. Mind if I go? Okay. For me, it's not, did he have to? But if you think the whole Bible is a story and it's just rushing to Jesus, uh, I think the, 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 the seminal thing is, what is it? At Genesis 15, where Abraham is wondering if God's going to make good on, on his promise to Abraham and Sarah uh, for having a kid, and, and they've made a covenant. And, and so, symbolically, God says, I will keep this covenant, and I will bless you, and I will save the planet, even if it costs me my own life. Mm-hmm. And the whole story is about the fact that it does. Mm-hmm. So, Jesus is God making good on his ancient promise to rescue the planet. Um, in terms of the mechanics, um, I don't worry so much about that because whenever I attach had to with God, it's awkward. Mm-hmm. So it's more what was the point? And the point was we have a promise keeper who will cling to his promises even when we abandon them at the cost of his own life. Think mm-hmm. about how much he has invested in each one of us. I mean, literally, Jesus went to hell and back for us. I mean, just to put it a little crudely. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think I'd want any... I mean, what kind of friend you got on your hands there? Yeah. What a friend we have in Jesus. Yeah. And, and I, I would say, too, the thing that separates us from God, sin, it's not small. It's, it's a really big thing. Yeah. And a, a lot of times it's easy to say, oh, shoot, sorry, God, I, I took a candy Made bar. Made a little mistake. Yeah. yeah you mm-hmm. know, it's just a sm- I had a small sin. Are you mm-hmm. sure that counts me out? Mm-hmm. And the truth is that sin separates us from a holy God. He is utterly perfect. And so the, the price that Jesus paid for our sin, it's enormous. And it's not just because we're enormous sinners and we should just feel terrible about ourselves and blah, blah, blah. And, and there's a lot of religious people that make, make it out to be like, if you don't feel bad about yourself, then you're not having a religious experience. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Uh, actually, it's because of how enormous our sin is yeah. that it shows how much bigger God's love yeah. is. And so God went to great lengths great lengths, painful lengths to sacrifice his life in love for us. And so when we see the cross in that way, uh, it's not a, well, couldn't you have done it in a nicer, cleaner way? No, it's, it's a, wow, you love me that much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and death needed to be overcome. Right. So Jesus dies to win a victory over death. There's, you know, I quoted an ancient proverb in the last question. I'll, I'll quote a modern proverb that floats around the sports world these days. If you want to beat, if you want to be the champion, you have to beat the champion mm. and, and the champion here so far in our world. And we still think so today in a lot of ways is death, mm. that that's the final word. There's nothing bigger than that because death eventually conquers us. Look closer. I mean, and that's ultimately what, what we get to share on Easter. Our, our theme this Easter at Hope is we are the champions because the victory Jesus wins over death, it isn't just his victory. Um, because Christian means we belong to Christ. Well, you can figure out the rest, but you're, you're going to want to come. Uh, you're going to want to invite your friends. 
Uh, we also have Monday, Thursday, Good Friday services, and then our Easter celebration services again this weekend. Um, go to hopewdm.org to find out more. Any of our other Hope campuses that might be closer to you, please look those up. Um, and let's celebrate, man. We've got a lot to celebrate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've, we've got a victory. Absolutely. It's it's that team that wins like the Iowa women should have. It just would have been so much better <laughs> yeah. if they had. It's, it's, it's that moment when you're, you know, you've, you've defeated um, the champion. So that yeah. means you're the champion. Yeah. Okay, we're going to have that moment mm-hmm. this weekend. And it's not just, you know, pep talk to kind of feel better. It is all of human history mm-hmm. crashing together and it gets really dark. And then the light breaks out, yeah. uh, and then the championship is won. So spread the word, invite your friends. Uh, we'll see you here again next week on the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we love you. God loves you more. Thanks for joining us today. Please make sure to like and subscribe on your favorite platform, and we'll see you next time.